Santos's kick is lined up. That kick is good. He got it. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another Arrowheads Abroad podcast with myself, Brad Simcox, and the Arrowheads Abroad Supremo himself, Tom Childs. <laughs> now, before we start, the, I know I'm, ex- I'm giddy, mate. I'm really giddy. Um, before we start our usual show, stay tuned uh, because Tom and I will be interviewing former Chiefs running back Larry Johnson. Only Larry Johnson, top bloke. Really? Top Only bloke. OJ himself. It was such a good interview as well, wasn't it, mate? I'm, I can't wait to share it with everyone. Yeah, there is a couple of moments where me and you were like, oh crap, what do we say next? Uh, I was rubbing the headlights, I was like, <gasps> Larry Johnson. Um, yeah, there was, uh, I'd say a few moments, let's, let's be honest, there were a few moments where we were just like, uh, what do we ask him now? Well, um, let's, let's be fair, we are still really new to this interview in Malarkey. Like, yeah. At the moment, I, I speak to you and Dave on a bi-weekly Oh, and fortnightly rather schedule. Park- Parkinson, we are not. And I don't have to impress you two in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I don't have to pretend, pretend to be something I'm not. But when we interview these people, like these players, for example, these former players, yeah, we actually have to try and make ourselves seem credible. And <laughs> it's really quite hard to make my, me seem credible. Well, it's like. It's. I mean, first and foremost, yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) First and foremost, we're fans, aren't we? We're fans of these players. So, to get them on the show, it's a big deal for us. Oh, hundred percent. If you told me ten years ago that, because bearing in mind what he finished with the Chiefs in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, so we are we're talking ten years ago, and you turned around to me and said, "Ah, Tom, you're going to get Larry Johnson on the phone to talk to him, regardless of how his career ended, and it didn't end in the best best possible way." But still, to get Larry Johnson to talk to him for a good half an hour, forty minutes, as a fan, is is incredible. Like I've never experienced this with mm-hmm. any other sports team. I've never spoken to any Arsenal players, any Brighton players, any England players, no- nothing like that. But now, in the space of a year, I've managed to sit down and have a conversation on the phone with Larry Johnson and Tom Barley, and um, I'm just pinching myself a little bit because yeah. it, it is it's cool. It is cool. It is cool. Yeah. It, it is. Cool. I mean, it's really cool. It's really cool, mate. It's really cool. Um, but I mean, we asked him all sorts, and he was very forthcoming with with all of his answers and everything. And it was such a good interview. I thought. I mean, we haven't had a better one since Tamba Harley, have we? No, we haven't had one since Tamba Harley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had Dave on. No, that's true. Dave does know know his stuff. Um, no, he goes into it as you'll find out. But it talks a lot in the interview, especially about like CTE, the safety of the game, the future of the game, um, where he feels the international side of things is. Uh, he talks about his trip to recent trip to London, his career, how he would destroy base defenses right now. In that the was NFL. such a good answer to that. Um, just how, where he ranks himself in terms of all-time Kansas City running backs. He's, he's, he gives away a lot. Like the guy's was really honest with us, and it, it, it was refreshing to to hear so much passion in, in the way he spoke about everything, especially on the safety and the CTE side of things. So, but mm-hmm. that's that's all to come. That's all yeah, to that's come. later on. Uh, we're going to give you a bit of the update, news updates, and things like that. But before that, let's just chat about the World Cup because uh, England because... Have managed to win the first game. Which when was the last time we ever won a first game? 
What, the in World a, Cup? In a World Cup. Um, 2002. Stat. I think. I think, yeah. I think it was um, Argentina in 2002. Might yeah. have been. It might not have been. It might have been before that. Yeah, because 2000 and... What, 2004? No, 2002, we met them in the, in the knockouts, didn't we? No, that was 98. We lost them. We beat them 1-0 in the group stage in 2002. Ah, oh, right, okay. David Beckham scored that penalty. He got his, his redemption, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, what, 2014, we lost. 2010, we drew with USA, I think. Or was it Algeria? So it's a big and deal. 2006 I mean, was Sweden. Yeah, I think it's been a long time. It has been a long time. I mean, people are all, we were saying it's only Tunisia, but I mean... I think everything's proven so far in this World Cup. You cannot say that about any team, can you? It's only this team. There's only two sets of people saying it's only Tunisia. The Scottish and the Welsh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's only Tunisia. We could beat them, they're saying. Yeah, well, they couldn't. uh, No, I was going to say, it's just been an interesting World Cup because you can't really predict a lot of these games. No, well, as we were speaking to Larry Johnson, I had on my TV screen Croatia beating Argentina 3-0. So while while you were interviewing Larry Johnson, you were watching the football? I had it on in the background, yes. (laughs) You're terrible. Well, I... When it comes to football, soccer, I'm a completely different person. I like to think when it comes to American football, I'm quite a calm guy. Um, The way I support the the Chiefs is I'm... I would like to think I'm a bit of a gentleman when it supports the Chiefs. When it comes to supporting the Chiefs, I'm not my normal rowdy self. When Harry Kane scored the goal the other night, I literally found myself throwing pint glasses and chairs around the room and <laughs> in the pub. <laughs> and it's not the English gent that you kind of uh, portray. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. But is, is it soccer just turns me into a, a different animal as opposed to American football. A hooligan? No, I'm not a hooligan. <laughs> so you didn't stay in with a quiet drink then watching the England game? No, definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely. Would not. you care? Would you care to elaborate what you were doing? Well, I went. I just went to a pub and there was a few hundred people there. Um, and me and my friends and just went out for a, a quiet drink or two. Yeah. Um, or twelve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, put it this way: it ended up with me standing in my back doorway. Just in my boxer shorts, throwing up in my back garden. That's a uh, nice image. Yeah, that's how it ended I'm up. I'm sure a lot of our female listeners are thinking, do you know what? That's a nice image to have. Though. Yeah, yeah. That's Tom it. in his boxer well, shorts, throwing up on the daisies. And it's going to happen three more times, yeah. Three more times at least. At least. <laughs> what were you, uh, where did you watch the game then? Where did you? I, I, I was a good boy. I was a good boy. I, I, sat, I sat in the house and watched it. Did you? Yeah, yeah. It sounds it sounds very boring. It does sound very boring, and and it, but I liked it. It was nice. I mean, I, I've done all the youth thing, you know, sit, standing in pu- standing in the pubs, going, woo, 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 you know, that kind of thing, and throwing beer around. I like to drink my beer. Uh, no, it's not a youth thing. Like people, <laughs> youth. Right, right, you going? It's leading back to the whole Tunisia thing. Sorry, Americans that listen to the show, because I know you don't care about the World Cup. But <laughs> you going on about the Tunisia thing, right? It's only Tunisia. And you say, it's, oh, it's a you thing. This happens so rarely. <laughs> every two years we get a tournament. Every two years, that's it. It's five weeks of it. And every time England win, you should enjoy it and party 
when you win those games. Do you know what? I'm totally it's, opposite it's to what you are, though. That's the thing. I, I would rather get really hyped up and up, up for the, a Chiefs game than I would for a soccer match now. Really? Seriously? Chiefs versus Arsenal, yes, Chiefs. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. But Chiefs versus England in an international tournament, then I'm, I'm England all the way. Like People often ask me, would I sooner Arsenal win the Champions League or England win the World Cup? And it's England win the World Cup 100%. Oh, yeah. If you ask me the same question, would or a, question, a variation of the question, would I sooner England win the World Cup or Chiefs win the Super Bowl? I would still pick England win the World Cup. But I don't think you would. No, I wouldn't. I, that that's probably very unpatriotic of me to say that. Yeah. I would I would much rather have have a Super Bowl really? with the Chiefs. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I like to think of the chaos of the country. Should England win the World Cup? Never mind but, that. What about the chaos up here where I live? I'd be going nuts. I'd be surfing on cars naked and things like that if the Chiefs won a Super Bowl. <laughs> on your own. On my own. Go on, love. Start the car up. <laughs> We're streaking. No, I I definitely want England to win the World Cup. (laughs) What do you think our odds are on that? Sorry? Slim to none. England winning the Uh, World Cup. You're getting carried away already, aren't you? You are. I I can sense it. I am that typical Englishman that I've heard Vindaloo once or twice and that's it. (laughs) I think England are going to win the World Cup. Oh my God, I bet your house, I bet you've got... Loads of like, just, just no flags everywhere. No, no, I'm not that guy. Are you I'm sure? Not, I'm not that guy. St George's no. Cross everywhere. No, I'm not that guy. I bet you sat there with it painted on your cheeks now. <laughs> Since the last game. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway, we're, we're talking too much about the uh, England here. <laughs> it's a Chiefs podcast. We do this all the time now. Yeah, we do this well, all the time. It, it is June to be fair, and there is nothing to talk about. There isn't, mate. And it's 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 trying to find something to do. I'm I, I must admit I am so glad the World Cup is here because it's about a month of football where we can just kind of take our minds off the the countdown clock going up to the NFL season. Um, I'd I'd gladly take preseason football at this moment in time. Yeah, and this is where I have big respect for websites like Arrowhead Pride. And the guys, especially at like Locked On Chiefs, not to try and turn them away from us. I'm sure they already take part in whatever they do. But those guys manage to generate content every single day and find something for us to read and give us our Chiefs fix. Yeah. And those guys are the real heroes here. Yeah. Not, oh, not, yeah. Har- not Harry Kane and Gareth Southgate. Like the likes of Pete Sweeney and Ryan Tracy and Chris Clark and Seth. All those guys, those guys are the heroes of Chiefs Kingdom. Yeah. I mean, if it was left down to me, I'd probably be trying to write articles on the colour of visors and things like that that I've noticed through the season, which is probably not very, you know, very reader friendly. (laughs) Probably not something that anybody would really want to read. But like you said, Arrowhead Pride and and Arrowhead Addict, um, they seem to come up with some great articles that you think, oh, Chiefs News. Can you right? Here's a challenge for you. Oh God! I'd love to see what you'd put together. Can maybe you could write an article on the different types of protections used by the Chiefs' offensive line last year? <laughs> really? Yeah, I'd love to read that from you. <laughs> <laughs> I really would. I don't think anybody I think, wants to read. It won't get many I hits, think, mate. 
I think everyone would want to read your thoughts on Chiefs offensive line play. <laughs> <laughs> what, like what Seth does? Yeah, but more detail. More detail than Seth? <laughs> I'd love to... Yeah, go on, Brad. Please give it a go. Can you have a go at a, a film breakdown? No. <laughs> and just make it as Geordie as possible. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do a Geordie one, yeah. But, I, I mean, my, my film breakdown would be... He did really good. He pushed him away really well, and he got to him. It was really good. <laughs> and, and that guy's now a doctor. <laughs> and that guy's now a doctor, yeah. yeah. I'm so much of a homer, that's the problem. When I write articles, I'm too much of a homer. Yeah, but a lot of these guys are, to be fair. Um, I know they try their hardest to be fair, but if they were fair, they wouldn't be getting the hits they, that they do. They, they, are, they are fruit rose-tinted glasses, aren't they? So Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You come to expect that from a team's own writers. We, we're we the same. We, everything looks better for the Chiefs than it does every other team. So Yeah. I'm, I must I must uh, write an article, because I, I think I wrote one before about the um, top 100, didn't I? Yes, yes you did. Um, which was, at the time, I think we were talking about Kareem Hunt and uh, Tyreek Hill in the top 100. But since then, uh, Travis Kelsey's dropped in there as well, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. He's well gone deserved. into that. Uh, which is great, but the big shock, the massive shock, Alex Smith is not in the top 100. No, it doesn't appear like he's going to be. No. It doesn't, it doesn't appear like he's going to be. Does that make sense? It doesn't look like he's going to be. No. Um, from what we gather, um, they put a list together or like a, a montage of players that aren't going to be this year's top 100 and players that missed out on Alex Smith's one of them. Which is mad, considering last year he was number eighty-one. Yeah. So he's gone, and he had a better year. He's had a better year. He had the highest QBR of the entire league, and he's dropped out of the top one hundred. Is this now? Is this something linked to what you put in your article recently about what what will make the Kansas City Chiefs um, considered to be a contender on an exciting team? And it starts with a quarterback, doesn't it? Is it because they don't think Alex Smith is an exciting quarterback? I don't know. But this the, the thing that baffles me about this top 100 and the thing is what makes it a little bit more serious for me is the fact that he's voted for by the players. Mm. And it's his peers that have decided that he wasn't worthy of a top 100 slot. It's the guys he faced, the guys he ripped apart, the guys mm-hmm. he balled out against that have decided that he wasn't worthy but players like Derek Carr who had a relatively poor year and Case Keenum who wasn't wasn't great were in the top 100 top 60 in fact so that's what's a bit weird to me Mm -hmm. about the whole situation like I'm not losing sleep over it I just think Alex has maybe been done a little bit yeah he's been so short hasn't he yeah yeah a little bit I don't think he's going to be bothered um I don't think he's the type of guy that will even take any notice of it. Not on the contract he's on I, now, I, no. As a fan, you feel like yeah, he should have been, he should have got the respect he deserved and it's such a good year that he had in, in Kansas City that he maybe should have at least been in that top 50. Because 50. I, I was convinced he was going to be top 20. I yeah. really was. Because mm-hmm. for weeks, obviously, I've done a, a little bit of a breakdown of it via the Arrowheads of War Twitter and saying, oh, we still got Alex Smith to come. We're still counting him as ours from last year, blah, 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 um, to appear in the list. And it appears that he's he's not going to be in it. And it's just, it's all a bit crazy. Yeah. And you can tell 
that it's June because we've just spoke about this for three or four minutes. And yeah. if this was in January or November, It'd be swept under the carpet, wouldn't it? We yeah. wouldn't even bothered. <laughs> no, we wouldn't have. But I mean, I, I know we've said a lot of things about Alex Smith. I know I've said a lot of things. I won't. I won't drag you into that, mate. I've said a lot of things about Alex Smith, but credit where credit's due, he had a brilliant year last year. Um, and he he thoroughly deserves to be in the top 100 somewhere. Mm. Um, but to not be in it, it seems a bit it seems a bit disrespectful in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, but I, again, like I said, I don't I don't think he will be bothered. I think he's way more bothered than he will be. Right. Uh, the other uh, the other news, should we call it news? It's a rumor, really. Uh, Chiefs, uh, well, the Chiefs' rumor is linking them with Terrell Owens. Um, that's been going around for a few days now, hasn't it? I love the fact you call that a Chiefs rumor has been going around. That rumor, that's a Terrell Owens rumor. That is a Terrell around, Owens rumor. Yeah, it is going around via Terrell Owens only. <laughs> <laughs> and I've just read recently as well that about seven hours ago he said he wants to join the Packers now. <laughs> so um, yeah, if you can call it a Chiefs rumor, which obviously you can't, um, yeah, but. A lot of fans, I think, especially on social media, have all been saying, we don't need him. <laughs> um, which is interesting because, you know, being a, um, a Hall, of, Hall of Famer, you'd think everybody would be really excited about that. I mean, I know there's some people mentioned it saying it, it bring, it'd bring something to the team and others were just flatly saying, no way. It no, ain't going to happen. He's 44. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if he's a Hall of Famer. He's 44. He's five, six years out of the league. He's done. He's done. He's just being T.O. T.O. was a hell of a player, but we also know that he's a showman. He wants the NFL to be talking about T.O. That's why he's not going to this his Hall of Fame induction. He just wants to be T.O. It's just T.O. being T.O. saying, look at me. I'm T.O. I could still do it. Come and sign me. No one's going to go near him. He has, run no a, chance he, he has run a 443, though. Oh, I don't care. Recently, I do not care. Forty-four. <laughs> yeah, it's something I mentioned as well, saying, "Look, we're not going to get rid of somebody like DJ and Tamba Harley, and then suddenly sign a forty-four-year-old uh, wide receiver, are we?" It's not no the way. It's not the way the Chiefs are going to do that. No one will sign Terrell Owens. I guarantee it. Yeah. He will not. He will not even make a training camp. He will not be signed by any team. Uh, he's trying the Packers now, anyway. So uh, we'll we'll tell our friends over at the uh, UK and Irish Packers. Yeah, <laughs> look out for that one. <laughs> um, other bit of news as well. Patrick Mahomes was recently interviewed on the Gridiron podcast, which mm-hmm. uh, I know a lot of our our listeners have, have been listening to as well because you put the link up on the, uh, the Twitter page, didn't you? Uh, but not only that, the major news from all of that is that our very own Tom Childs got mentioned in the same podcast. How Hollywood are you? Yeah, but I wasn't actually mentioned in the interview of Patrick Mahomes. Did sorry, Patrick Mahomes not mention you, saying you you were like an inspiration to him or something like that? Well, when they were talking about the offensive pieces in the interview, you should go and listen to it. Oh yeah, they started talking about Kelsey, Watkins, Hill, and then when they were starting to get towards like the second tight end spot, I thought this is where he's going to drop my name. This is my moment. This is my moment. Come on. But Demetrius Harris is still there. He's still on that roster. Is he? You're still trying to get his place, aren't you? Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should start a petition. Get Tom Childs in the uh, the Chiefs roster. 
Maybe, maybe TE2. I should um, start making videos of, <laughs> of myself playing, and then we can um, send them off. Let's not. Let's not. Let's let's keep the mystery going, mate. Let's. Keep... <laughs> got this British lad flying in. He's really good. We haven't got any footage on him, but he's really good. So maybe I can forever be there. My what have been. Yeah, I would say so. I I think that's probably why Demetrius Harris contacted you. <laughs> I think I think he's uh, he's feeling a little bit under pressure at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're moving up the depth chart. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we ain't half chat some shit on this show. We do, don't we? <laughs> Especially when Dave's not here to keep us right. We're, yeah. we're like, you know, we'll just chat about this. We'll do what we want. <laughs> do what we want. <laughs> anyway, should we, uh, should we get on to the main event? Yeah, let's do it. People have suffered for a long, long enough. I know. I know. We, we've teased it a little bit longer, haven't we? But uh, yeah, so uh, here it is, our interview with Larry Johnson. Well, we have a very special guest on Arrowhead's Broad podcast this week. This former Chiefs running back has one of the most impressive stat sheets on record, racking up 6,223 rushing yards, 55 rushing touchdowns, six touchdowns via receptions, and a two-time pro bowler in 2005 and 2006. Tom and I are really privileged and honoured to welcome Mr. Larry Johnson to the show. How's it going, Larry? I'm doing really well. How How about you guys? Yeah, we're really good. I've got to be. I've got to be honest. I've got to be British as well, and just ask you, what is the weather like over there? <laughs> oh, it's it's been like eighty-five to ninety-five degrees so far, but it's raining right now. But it's been good uh, all week. Oh, nice. Can't imagine that that temperature. It's uh, it's it's nice over here, but it's just it's just like eighteen degrees, something like that. <laughs> it's it's very it's very poor by uh, by that standard. <laughs> Um, now, you recently made contact with us uh, during your trip over to the UK last week. Yeah. Um, did you enjoy yourself while you were here? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I, I love the the architecture. I love how everything is so close. But I got to admit, it made me feel like I was out of dress code. Like When I walked around, everybody was in suits. So I felt like I had to put on a suit just to feel normal. <laughs> so was it like a business or a pleasure trip that you were doing it was a, it was a pleasure trip it was a pleasure trip i came out there uh, to see my girlfriend so it was it was a very good pleasure trip and, and we turned it into kind of a business trip as far as dressing up and going to different places that i never thought i would be at so i, I had a very good time excellent what was yeah. your favorite spot in london larry i would say it was sexy fish that was my favorite spot because they played music late night and so I'm, I'm more of a music guy. So when I, you know, when the music came on and the, and the surroundings and the environment, it was very, very beautiful. So it really, it really livened the whole, the whole town up. And it just in that little block area of central London, it was just all, everybody was moving around. Everybody was smiling. Everybody was happy. And to, to y'all's credit, I'd never seen one cop since I was there. I'd seen maybe two or three, but that was like they were getting McDonald's and going back into the squad car. That's, be- that's because we can't afford policemen over here. That's the only reason. They probably needed, I'm not going to lie. So, so what what kind of music was it while, while you were there? It was like Deep House. They played like a lot of mix of uh, Deep House and, and hip hop, but I just loved the fact that it was like a good... It was good aura, good surrounding, good music, and everybody was laughing, having a good time, and no one was, you know, gave a care of the world. And when once people were done eating, eating dinner, they went to another spot across the street. So it was, it was a very good time. I went to a spot called Minky or Miniki or something like that, and they had great food. They had the, the best tacos I've had all my life over there. So it was, it was a lot of good food eating and a good, 
surroundings and a lot of good decorations in those restaurants. Excellent. So uh, have you tried the local cuisine then, uh, fish and chips in a newspaper wrapper? Yes, I did the fish and chips. I, I like the fish and chips. It was just, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, a little bit, oh, you know, I had to add a little bit of hot sauce because, you know, where I'm from, we put hot sauce in everything. So they did kind of look at me weird that I started asking for hot sauce. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of hot sauce on there. Nice. We'll have to try that. Do you know, I'm gonna have to try do you know what they do in Do you know what they do in Scotland, Larry? What? Um, they stick a a Mars bar, which I don't know if you saw what a Mars bar was. You're over here. Or a Snickers. It's like a, it's like a caramel chocolate bar, uh-huh. and they um, they deep fat fry that. So they they put it in batter, and in fish and chip shops they serve battered chocolate bars. Oh my gosh! Good thing I'm I retired because I definitely if I did this when I was playing I definitely would have been two forty in no time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have looked like it looked like the fridge <laughs> or Don Poe running in the end zone as opposed to yourself. <laughs> so uh, so you stayed over here for what was it about a week was it? Yes, about a week. Yeah. And, and during your visit, did you see anybody representing any NFL teams while you were here? Any other teams other than Chiefs? Uh, which is funny because I did a lot of uh, touring, and actually, I went to East London. I was a, I was really, really big on the whole legend of the Cray Twins. So when okay. I went to visit right. um, E. Pelicis, I the, the owner, the kid, that, the guy that runs it is a son. He was like a big Bears fan, so he went on and on how he's a big Bears fan. So he didn't. He didn't really understand Kansas City Chiefs or any other team, but he just knew that he was a big Bears fan for for whatever reason he was a Bears fan. And, you know, they're not doing too good. They haven't done too good in the last five or ten years. So he's really stuck onto the 1985 Bears. He's all talked about. He talked about Perry, Michael Singletary, Walter Payton, those days. So he's been a Bear fan since then. So that's the only fans I've really actually uh, seen as far as NFL football. But I actually had tacos and dinner with Jamie, I can't think, he used to play for Chelsea, he used to be a captain of the Chelsea uh, Chelsea club team, and I literally sat and talked to this guy, he's like a legend, apparently, for over there, and I've been talking for like at least 15 or 20 minutes, and said bye to him, gave him a hug, and I did not know how big he actually was until somebody told me who he was. Really? Yes. Who was that, Jamie, did you say Jamie? Yes, his name is Jamie, I can't think of his last name right now. Tom, you must know this. No, it's Chelsea. I only, I only deal with big clubs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, Tom's an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't recall any Jamies from Chelsea. Maybe it was, was it John or? John it, Terry? I don't nah, know. it was definitely Jamie. Jamie. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll do a little research afterwards and um, maybe. Yeah, we're going to have to find out now. <laughs> <laughs> so did he, was, was, was he aware who, of who you were and who you are and all that? Uh, yeah, a little bit. He, you know, when I went to the bathroom, he asked my girl, like, uh, who is he? What does he do? But he knew of, like, Philadelphia Eagles. He knew about the Super Bowl. He said it's just kind of hard to recognize guys because we always play with our helmets on. It's easy to recognize soccer players because they never, you know, wear helmets. So yeah. that's kind of why, you know, kind of threw him off. He didn't really know who I was. Mm. That's a good point. Though. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, Have you been watching the World Cup? Yes, I watched. It was amazing. It was amazing. Like, a couple of teams that I did watch, uh, Rush, the Russian game was pretty good. Uh, and early on when it first started, like it was amazing goals. I was, I, usually when you watch soccer, I think like, man, I have to really sit 63 minutes and plus minutes just to see one goal. And they were just firing goals off. And especially watching um, the big guy, uh, Ronaldo play is amazing. And watching him play and watching him do the hat trick was just amazing to watch those guys, you know, angle their bodies and be able to, to spin the ball. I thought I was good at kickball. Apparently I'm not as good as they are. 
<laughs> have you been watching a bit of England then, or was was that not on your radar at the time? Uh, it was everybody basically. I watched a lot of I, I watched a lot of teams. Whoever was on, you know, my girls into the into the soccer game. So whoever was on, we just kind of watched the games from time to time, and and I was able to see four or five goals of guys heading it in, spinning it in. So it was it was amazing <laughs> to watch. Yeah, it's been some beautiful goals. Like it really has been. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is I gather soccer is a bit of kind of a, a big sport for you, but uh, it's not it's not necessarily quite big in in the US at the minute, is it? No, it's just you know we're we're more you guys are more civilized over there. We're more like barbarian barbarian savages. Like we like blood, you know, war. Like that's that's kind of our, our game, and so you know we're kind of bred to be you know savages and barbarians over here. Where you guys are more civilized and. And things are done a little bit different. And obviously, you can see what goes on in this country. Everything is violent. So that's pretty much the Our football games here is, is very, very big. But you guys represent a whole country more than just us being here. We just represent, you know, different cities. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, you got anything? <laughs> anything after that? No, no, I've, I've never. Really, I mean, I really wish that. I really wish that we could have had like a, a World Cup when it came to you know National Football League, which is I think that's what they're really trying to do is move the game further, further past you know Europe and into you know Southeast Asia. I don't think it's going to get there, but I think that they really are trying to you know promote National Football League in your country. I just, you know, maybe it'll, it'll catch on to where you guys want to teach kids mm-hmm. how to play the football game, but it, it's, it's just going to be so hard because soccer is such a dominant sport over there. You really have to, you know, eat peas and carrots and steak and meat potatoes to really get <laughs> big enough to play this game. Yeah. So, so I assume you're a, you're a fan then of what the NFL is trying with with London then. And yes, I mean I loved it. I loved it. I wish I could have been a part of you know actually traveling over there and actually playing in a London game like that. I mean, you guys love the game. But as far as you know, high school, colleges, I just don't think it's gonna it's gonna gain enough traction to, to kids to be wanting to play this game for a full time basis, especially when we got all this you know CTE and and guys you know you know concussion settlements and stuff like that. I think right mm-hmm. now it's just a bad time for the game to be promoting you know anywhere else because there's so much you know trauma after the game is over to to kind of have kids think like oh yeah that's what I want to do I want to sign up to have brain damage. Yeah. So, do you think flag football really has a a a, a big kind of um, let, let let's say? Do you think it's it's essential to have that kind of element of the sport, flag football, where it's non-contact? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think if you want to learn the game and really get down to, you know, the skill of being, you know, able to, to be more agile, like as far as agility, being able to throw, be able to catch, be able to run. I think that is like the most purest way to teach someone. You know the football game. I mean, when I started out at eight years old, I played flag football for two years, and I loved it. I just didn't understand the the contact of it. I think that's how you, if you wanted to, you guys guys could easily started a, you know, just a, a a rec ball league of just flag football and just kind of go and have at it and just mm-hmm. and have that be your your team. And I think that's that would be the next next step of really trying to get everyone to understand the game of football. What I hear a lot of is they just no one can understand it because of the penalties. Uh, flags where you put the ball like most guys just don't understand that but I know rugby is also a, a brutal you know brutal game over there and mm-hmm. so if we can get kind of a a combination of the both I think it could be really really uh, good for the game yeah what, what I found Larry is that from my personal experience I've been into the sport American football now for about 16 years and mm-hmm. I've always found that you once 
people do grasp the understanding of the rules, the penalties, the contact side, the reason for the pads and helmets, not just as protection, but also as sometimes as use of a weapon, is that once people understand the game a little bit better, then they're more invested in it and enjoy it a little bit more. Maybe I think if the NFL are looking to go international with the sport, they maybe need to sim not simplify the rules, but maybe simplify the explaining of the rules and trying to get that across to people. And maybe then the sport will be more capable of growing internationally. I, I completely agree. Like It feels like every year we change in the rules. Every year they put the ball on a two. Every year, next year it's going to ball on a three. Next year the ball's on the goal line. It's like, yeah. make your mind about where you want to put the kickoff for the kickoff tee and where are you going to put the field goal? Are we going to do two points? Are we going to do three points? Are we going to do overtime? Like it, I feel like every year they're always changing the rules and that's what kind of confuses people of the rule changes. Do you, mm -hmm. think, do you think football as we know it in terms of kitted version has an expiration date? I, I think so. I think so. I think, you know, kids are now dropping out of, you know, football at high school, colleges. You know, look at the... You know, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, he stopped when he's at the prime of his career. I just think guys are just not looking forward to the damage it brings after you're done playing. Like, yeah, the money is good, the money is great, but sometimes a lot of coaches and a lot of owners kind of discredit guys wanting to play the game anymore because it's now not done for fun. It's more of a business. It's more of a, a commercialized game. And most guys just don't feel it feels fun anymore. And I think over the years, you're not going to see as many kids coming out for football as you once want to. Now you're going to see them actually going to, you know, baseball, you know, soccer or other sports that are the things that they want to do in their life. Sometimes people just don't want to sign up to be mangled after 10 or 15 years of playing this game. I think it's, it's a tough thing to do or a tough game to stick with. But I feel there's just so much damage after the game that you feel like, I don't want to be this way. I don't want to be broke or, or homeless or not being able to, to think or not be able to remember, you know, my family if, if I have enough concussions where I can't kind of operate or function my everyday life. I think that's what guys are really taking into account when they want to play this game of football. And you can see a lot of guys dropping out and retiring way before their time. Yeah. When uh, you've obviously gone on record by saying that you feel as though you, you have suffered the CTE damage. Um, when did you first kind of realize about this? When did you suddenly think, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm missing something here or something's not quite right with myself? I felt that way when I used, when I started having very, very short-term memory loss. And before, I, I was always bragging about how great my memory was. I used to be able to go into a running back meeting and not have to open my playbook and kind of look at plays on the screen and, and be able to memorize them and go out in the field 20, 30 minutes later and remember a whole playbook. Now mm -hmm. I can... I can't remember where I put my keys and I just had it in my hand five minutes ago or I don't know where I put my phone or I had the TV remote in my hand. I go outside with the TV remote still in my hand and don't even realize it. It's just a lot of short-term memory loss situations that I've noticed that I felt that something wasn't right. And also my moods were off more rapidly than they usually were. Yeah, people get you know up and down moods or they, they, they're smile, you know, where they go from mad to sad or happy. But mine's were coming to a point where it could happen at a, at a blink of an eye, and it could change right back in a blink of an eye. And I, that's when I thought that something else is, is not right here. It just can't be me being moody all the time. It had to be something more than just I'm having a bad day. Mm -hmm. um, I gather you're doing quite a bit of work on uh, raising awareness for CTE as well. Can you tell us a bit more about uh, what you're doing? Um, are, you, are you supporting any charities or anything like that? Or um, what have you been doing to help raise it? 
Uh, basically, what I'm doing is just really guys are in there and their wives are actually coming to me and say, hey, my my husband, my boyfriend is, is going through the same things you've been going through. I just can't get to him. Can you speak with him? I've been right now have done doing the groundwork of actually gaining a lot of attention from, you know, different players who are scared to come out and talk about it. And they don't want to talk about it because they feel that they have to remain tough. They have to tough this out and they don't want to talk about this because they feel embarrassed. So I've basically been pretty much taking this the bull by the horns and being able to go and talk to guys and be able to meet with guys and say what's and talk to them about what they really are going through and how I can help them kind of come out of their shell. And, and more I talk to guys, the more they feel better about the situation they're in and know where to go. Right now, I'm kind of directing guys into having the NFL and NFLPA help them find services that they can actually go to and, and find out what's wrong with them. And also, the NFL will take a, take care of you uh, insurance-wise. Right now, there's you can file a disability claim. It just doesn't have to be with concussion. It can have to be psychological. It can be with anything. As long as you go and, and talk to a doctor and explain what's going on with you, they will direct you to the right part of the NFLPA and NFL to have you being taken care of. And there's a lot of guys who are being taken care of as far as full disability, where they pay, where if they NFL is paying players not to work because they can't be in a situation where they're under a lot of stress. And I'm one of those guys. So I'm that's what I'm trying to show guys is the right path to go to to be taken care of so you don't feel like you're you're by yourself doing this whole process alone. I think that's what's important in general about mental health in the moment. That's why oh well I think in across your country and in ours the big steps have been made that people are talking about mental health a little bit more than they were say two or three years ago um it is a shame though that for the nfl to really get involved in that side of things it took a lawsuit to to get that to get to this point do you think without that lawsuit that the nfl would still be trying to hide the? i the think NFL so i mean you look at it every time the the guy gets a concussion and he doesn't report it and he goes back into the game he's making it worse for himself and then when the league doesn't be honest about what happens to guys when they keep going back in the games when they have concussions it can be very, very detrimental to their pocketbook. And I think that's why they've been quiet for so long because it will affect the payout of the money and the concussion settlements. It will hit millions to billions if they're not careful. And I think that's what they really try to cover up and to explain everybody. So, oh, no, it's not it's not football. It's, it's, it's causing players to, to lose their minds or to, to lose hope or to go into these depression spells. And we have proven that it does have a correlation with the NFL and with concussions and CTE, these guys are really suffering because of traumatic, you know, brain damage. And that's what I think the more we talk about it, the more the league is forced to find programs and find services to help these guys. So not alone the league goes broke, but guys are replenished and their accounts are replenished where they feel like they're not going to go broke because they can't handle their finances anymore or they can't find work because they're, you know, mentally ill. I think that's what the NFL is kind of doing the catch up on is making sure guys are more and more reevaluated and find out where they are in their lives so they can, you know, find the services and the NFL can help them through this tough situation. I mean, this is all brand new to us, but it was very old to them. And I think that's what I think we're trying to try to meet in the middle to find a way that we can all come together and, and for the players, the older players especially, to find services to make them feel better. Yeah, and on the field it has changed. Now there are the precautions there. Um, our very own Travis Kelsey took a hit in the at the end of the first half in the playoff game. Mm -hmm. That in back in your day, he probably would have been allowed to come back out and play. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you remember it. He 
he got hit and then he's, he was clearly dazed his, his legs had gone and then obviously he ended up sitting out, uh, out the rest of the game so mm. times have moved on since since then uh, on the on the actual field side of things and I'm, I'm glad that they are progressing off the field now as well and it's, it's kudos to people like yourself who are at the forefront of this to try and get that message out there so um, mm-hmm. congratulations and well done to yourself for doing it yeah. Thank you. Like, I, mean, the, I, I don't uh, want to, you know, I don't want to be the guy to be. Oh no, I don't want anybody to play football. Football is a bad game. Like mm. football is a very, very beautiful sport. Mm. But if you're not careful with certain injuries you have, you have to be honest with yourself. Most of it, it's on the players too. I know, like once you 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 sign a contract and you have to work your way up to four or five tackles, you get your million dollar bonus, or you run five hundred more yards, you get two, three million dollar bonus. I know what it does to you. You feel like you have to, you have to get that goal. And sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves that if our bodies are not fit to take that damage or we're not ready to go back in, we have to be honest and say, you know what, I can't go back in regardless of how much money going to pay us. And I think guys skip over that analysis and think, well, I need to get this $3 million because this is for my family. So they yeah. go with a risk as far as, man, I could really mangle myself and I could really you know, get a concussion or I can even be killed. And I can even have permanent brain damage if I just go for this $3 million or go for these three yards. Guys have to be a lot more honest about their situation. Now, it's not just the NFL's fault. It, the onus is on us and the trainers and the coaches to kind of understand where they're at in the situation of a game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen uh, in the sport recently, but uh, Alex Smith was wearing a, 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 an oversized helmet, wasn't he? It was a new design yeah. helmet to help with that. Do you think the players should all be adopting that new helmet style? Um, because I think, I think they said it was softer on the outside and harder on the inside, which helped... Which which helped with uh, the you know lessen the concussion, lessen the blow. I think obviously I think they should make the shoulder pads bigger for players because obviously yep. the, the helmet if the helmets are bigger that's gonna be you're gonna be running around looking like a blow pop. <laughs> that's the first thing guys <laughs> are gonna run into is your helmet. You know I want the shoulder pads to be a little bit wider because that's gonna lessen the damage if you put if you put your head down the guys are gonna hit your shoulder pads and slide off into your helmet. If the helmet is bigger than the shoulder pads then guys are going to most likely run into the helmet. And I think no matter how you case your head, your brain is in a liquid that is not attached to anything. So anytime you rattle your brain or anytime you jaw yourself, your brain is running back and forth into the skull of your, in the, into your skull. So it's not like your brain is suspended just because of the helmet you have. It doesn't matter. Your brain is still going against the, the, the hard part of your brain and no matter what kind of cushion you have it's always going to be some type of damage I just want them to kind of you know make the padding a lot bigger there's guys that walk on the field with no shoulder pads especially these DBs and they're the ones that, that suffer the concussions the most especially when you have to tackle uh, you know a running back like me most of those guys put their heads down and try to go for their legs but I wear all my knee pads I wear my thigh pads so their knees my knees drive is going to go extremely hard right into their, their forehead or right into the, the face mask and they're still going to get concussions that way. Mm-hmm. I just want guys to be a lot more safer and, and wear all their pads. I know some guys like, oh, it makes me slower, but you, wouldn't you rather be healthy after this game is over rather than trying to be cute on the football field? 100%. It's a bit, bit more of a presence as well. I suppose uh, the thing that springs to mind there is with the big shoulder pads is the Christian Okoye style shoulder pads mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that that would be a massive presence on the field wouldn't it looking at uh, you know thinking that the Nigerian nightmares running out <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, I think it's his, his neck and his helmet rarely ever moved it was all it was all shoulder pads yeah well I think it's commendable what you're doing uh, raising awareness for that um, I, I think you know 
the sport is clearly standing up and taking taking note of, of all of this and and they are doing a lot more things to uh, to try and uh, reduce the concussions and things but um let's talk about your inspirations your your time during the chiefs and everything um who was your main inspiration in getting into the game uh, my main inspiration was my dad. My dad is a football coach. He was a high school football coach. And at that time, my dad had already won a state championship title and as a high school coach. So my dad getting me into the game at nine years old, full contact. And he would just, he would influence us or me and my brother by watching a lot of NFL films. Like I would say Steve Sable is my biggest inspiration because if it wasn't for Steve Sable putting together those, those NFL films, yeah. I wouldn't be as passionate in playing football as I was now. I mean, we I watched Jim Brown's old film, you know, Marilyn Motley, you know, Dick Buckus. I watched all the old school guys, Tony Dorsett, you know, Walter Payton, Earl Campbell. Those are the guys I I grew up. I really rarely even watched at that time '90s and 2000 NFL games because I was so obsessed with NFL films. Like when you add the highlight music and the, yeah. the commentary behind it, you really pumps you up and you really develop that passion by seeing how great the game was. And that's how I, you know, developed that passion and, and wanting to run the way I run and, and play the way I play because of those films. So was it always running back for you then, from an early age? It was, well, at a young age, they tried to stick me at tight end and all I did was do in the rounds. I never ran not one <laughs> route. <laughs> you know, playing nine years old, no one was throwing the ball 60, 50 yards anymore. So, you know, we was doing a lot of handoffs. And then when they knew that I was good at doing in the rounds, they moved me to running back. And I pretty much stayed at running back the whole time. So, so, um, so, um, go on, go on, Brad. Yep. You first, Brad. I was just, I was, I was going to steal one of your questions, actually, Tom. Go on, then, <laughs> um, for the newer Chiefs fans, which current running back has a similar playing style to Larry Johnson? It would be, it would be Hunt. He has a similar playing style. I can catch the ball out of backfield. He catches the ball out of backfield extremely well. He's low to the ground. At times, I can be low to the ground. And he's just great at going north and south. I love north-south runners. I cannot stand when guys go east-west and run out of bounds. And he's the guy that finishes a run after every run. And that's the kind of running back I was. I was a guy that you was going to give me four yards, but I was going to take eight more yards because it was going to take three, two or three guys to bring me down. And that's what that all that forward lean that Hunt has that I had, is to be able to take the ball, put your head down, and just plow to, through people. And when you get to the third or fourth quarter – Guys didn't want to touch him, so his runs started being a lot longer in the third or fourth quarter than they were in the first and second because they obviously knew that he was going to be a problem to tackle. And that's why I love, you know, watching him play more than all the other running backs right now because a lot of guys are more, you know, receiver-type guys. They're more like dink and dunks. You know, you dump it off to them. They're like Marshall Falk type of guys, and that just wasn't my style of runner. You know, that was more like Teresa style. You know, you catch the ball out of the backfield, you make two or three guys miss, and and you, you run east and west a little bit, and then you go, you know, you know north-south. But, you know, a guy like Hunt, he intimidates uh, defensive, defensive guys because he always puts the ball, you know, north-south, and he puts the head down and delivers punishment. So, we've, obviously, you're a fan of Kareem Hunt. We've just found that out. Um, <laughs> and you, so you must be a fan of what the Chiefs are trying to build on, on offense, especially with having a guy like Kareem Hunt in the back backfield. Um, because of the, And the guys on the outside mm-hmm. – teams aren't going to be able to put eight men in the box against Kareem Hunt this season like they were last year because mm-hmm. of the likes of Watkins, Hill and Kelsey. What do you think the ceiling is for this Chiefs offense going forward? I think it's, it's going to be amazing. If they can add 
as a, a, a 6'4", 6'5", guy, I think that's like that's what they're missing is a 6'4", 6'5", receiver who can just go up and get it, fade routes. I mean, they got Tyreek Hill. He's a good slot guy. He can give you speed. He can give you inside routes. But I feel like they really need, you know, a guy on the outside that's going to really give you stretch it. If you throw a nine route, he can go up and get it like a Randy Moss uh, type receiver. That I feel like that's what they need. Like they have all the tools. They have everybody in line. They have, you know, the threat inside with Kelsey. You have, you know, Hunt at the back. And I feel like that's what they need. And, of course, Mahomes, you know, if he doesn't find anything open, he has the ability to run. I think he's really, really agile with what he can do. And I think all they need right now is a deep, deep threat guy. And once you get 21 points or 28 points in the first quarter or the first half on teams, then, then the rest is easy. All you do is move, you know, you take Kelsey, you move to the other side, you add another tight end, you leave the 6-4, receiver on the outside, you put Tyreek Hill on the slide, and you put Tyre, I mean, you put Hunt back in the backfield, single back, and you just run the clock out. That's that's pretty much what our, my game was. You know, that's when we had Tony Gonzalez and uh, Mark Bowick there at the time, that he was a big like that, and Eddie Kennison. It's basically, once you get up on people, all you have to do is run the ball and run the clock out, and you can just destroy teams. And I think that's what they're really missing, is somebody really, really tall on the outside to give them that, that stretch. It's funny you've mentioned your era, because that was going to be my next question. Um, during your time in Kansas City, there was a couple of very good teams that you guys you guys had. Um, obviously, you didn't get over the hump, but Dave, our co-host, who couldn't be with us tonight, he wanted to ask you the 2006 team that lost to the Colts in the playoffs. Um, obviously, the Colts tend to beat us in the playoffs mm-hmm. in general. But had we managed to beat them in that in that playoff game, do you think that you would be wearing a Super Bowl ring right now? I think so. I think so. We are. We had the great, like, you know, we had Al Sanders, Dick Vermeil. I feel like they had the offense that was the greatest show on turf. It was the same exact offense in Kansas City. I felt like we could put points on anybody. At that time, we were going against Indiana's Colts. It wasn't like it was they were blowing us out. We were, it was like 31-27, I think, the game, and the game ended up being. I think we could put points on the board. We just couldn't stop them offensively. Our defensively, we just we just couldn't at that time. Our defense was either we had a great defense or a poor offense or a great offense and a poor defense at the time. And mm-hmm. I think we just couldn't hold them enough. You know, you can't beat a guy like Peyton Manning with the defense we had at the time because he just always came back and, and he was just throwing them. You know, he had a lot of weapons too. But I think we would definitely been able to beat you know whoever on the NFC side because our offense was way better on all AFC teams than it was the NFC teams. And we I just felt that. If we would have just beaten Indianapolis Colts and would have beat, you know, you at the time maybe they've been the Patriots, I think we could beat them too. That we would have definitely been in the Super Bowl and had a ring because I don't think any NFC team was going to able to beat the offense that we had. Mm-hmm. So we saying that I mean a lot of a lot of the onus at the moment is on the current Chiefs offense, but not nothing really seems to be spoken about the defense. Uh, do you th- do you feel that's like a another history kind of repeating kind of thing from your era? I, I don't know. Like, I feel like they have a lot of great guys in the backfield, but I think the front four is going to be where the testing is really going to be shown. I mean, the linebacking core is pretty much solid, but I feel like the front four, since we you know lost Tom Mahali and other guys moved around, I feel like I feel like you know it. It all depends on what those guys do. You have to have pressure. You have to. Dominate the front line if you're going to even get sacks or even put pressure on the quarterback. I think right now I need to hear some type of noise as far as what they're going to do for the front four because, you know, the, every league, every year, 
is going to more and more, you know, passing, passing oriented offenses. They're not going back to you no know, eight man fronts anymore like they used to do in the back in the day. Now everything is dime, nickel, you know, three four, you know, three four with a little bit of a shade. So it's it's all different, but it all depends on that front four. So I'm kind of nervous that I haven't heard anything big on the other side yet. So how much would you have loved to run against a, a base nickel defense like the Chiefs have got right now? Oh my God, I would love it. All you would have to do is put me in, put me in like shotgun formation and let me slide over a little bit and get draws. That was my bread and butter because everybody would have backed off. The the the, the front four would have turned into front four or three guys, and I would have just easily been able to just pick my lane. I love to do. I love nickel defenses when I have when it's when it's third and four, third and five, third and six. Because they, the one thing they don't want you to do is to run. And the only one they have back there to help is the safety and the receivers. They're already blocking their receivers. And by the time they even get to me, I'm already five, seven years, yards deep into their backfield. So that's – I love that. I love to be able to run against the nickel defense these days. Amazing. So in terms of backs, Kansas City have had a plethora of great backs. Where do you rank yourself amongst the all-time Kansas City greats? I know it's a hard question to answer. Like, you might not want to answer it, but where do you put yourself? No, I'm definitely in the top three. I'm, I'm, I'm top three. Top three. I'm easily top three. Easily top three. Like right as far as you look at records, you fought, as far as what I've done. I mean, Priest <clears throat> broke the the all time when he was here, and then Jamal eclipsed it. But I'm in. I'm kind of like right underneath Priest, right underneath Priest and Jamal. So I would feel like I'm top three. And then if you want to look at Single season, I'm still single season top one and two. Nice. Um, and I don't think that's ever going to be touched, regardless. I mean, I'm 1,680-something, and then 1,650 or or 17 or whatever it was. I that, I don't think that's ever – no one's going to ever touch touch those yards, especially even the, the offenses there are now. They don't run the ball as much as they do these no. anymore. I mean – A lot of teams run by committee now as well. There's, basically, there's not, yes. And then, the, I mean, the, the leading rusher was hunting. He had 1,300. Jesus, if I just had – if I had played now and I got sixteen hundred, no, I, look how far away from everybody else I would have been if I had still played. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Um, I think that's all we've got time for. But before before we go, um, what do you what do you think the Chiefs are going to achieve this season? I I would say twelve and four. I said uh, looking at their schedule and they a lot of guys they played already before they beaten. I feel they're going to go twelve and four this year. I mean, I, it's just no no reason for them not to not to pick up from last year and get even better. I just feel like twelve and four against the teams they're playing now, and I know that a lot of teams that are trying to rebuild this year that they don't have the necessary tools to beat the Chiefs like they did last year. I just feel like twelve and four is a is a great start for those Chiefs to go into the playoffs and hopefully make it to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely will. I definitely will. The, what, the funniest thing I've, I've known that usually I, you know, I get a lot of insults online. I get a, a lot of insults in life. But one of the ones that confused me the most, and I didn't know if to take it as an insult or just laugh at it, is when somebody called me a bloke. I was like, what? I was so confused about what that was. It's just, it's just, it's just another word for a man. That's yeah, what that's what I thought. I was like, uh, okay, whatever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we've turned you back on the show again, and if you want to 
No problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. So there we are. Larry Johnson interview. Uh, apologies for the sound quality from Tom and I, but at least we got to hear Larry Johnson. Sweet. It was just sweet. It was just a, a real honour to have uh, have a chat with Larry uh, about everything, really, wasn't it? I mean, it was no-holds-barred interview. Um, we had so much fun, didn't we, Tom? Yeah, as we said at the top of the show, um, speaking to Chiefs players or former Chiefs players as fans, is there's nothing better for us. So, yeah, um, big thanks to Larry, who's a top bloke. Top bloke. Um, top bloke. We found out after the show that people kept calling him a bloke. He didn't realise if it was... It was a nice word or a swear word or something. So <laughs> didn't know if it was an insult, but yeah, he's a, he's a top bloke, top geezer. Yeah, we've corrected like him though. Yeah, we've corrected him. Top geezer, top bloke. So it's a good thing. It's a, it's a, it's the highest honour, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> the highest honour. The highest honour. It is from us Brits anyway. Top bloke, top geezer. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Well, that's that's all we've got time for. Um, as all always, we've got time for. That's all we've got time for. That, that took about an hour. <laughs> Got to pad it out a bit. <laughs> oh man, I love doing these podcasts. I really do. <laughs> As always, you can get involved with the discussions on our Twitter page at KCChiefs underscore UK, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud to receive the new shows as soon as they are available. So, thanks to Tom. Thanks to Larry. We hope you've all enjoyed the show, and from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. Bye. Bye.